In the previous episode, Murder on Ocean Boulevard, I talked about a puzzling case that has zero forensic evidence from the suspect. Today's case is the complete opposite. On March 15, 2008, 21-year-old Juliana Redding was strangled to death in her Santa Monica apartment by a cold-blooded killer who left DNA at the crime scene. Police say it was a contract killing ordered by a 40-something-year-old Lebanese-American fraudster. How did a young girl just trying to make it in Hollywood get caught up with such a shady character? And why would he want her dead? This is The Mystery File. Juliana was born on October 25, 1986 in Dallas, Texas, to pharmacist Greg Redding and his systems analyst turned artist wife Patricia. Juliana and her brother Patrick grew up in Tucson, Arizona. Patricia told the Arizona Daily, Juliana was born on Picasso's birthday, so I knew I was getting a masterpiece. She had a beautiful life. As a little girl, Juliana collected business cards and carried around a briefcase. She attended a Catholic high school in Tucson where she was active in sports, especially golf. Despite her busy schedule, Juliana made time to volunteer and teach little kids attending Sunday school. She always had a job, Patricia said. She juggled school and work and sports family and friends. In 2004, Juliana was presented to Tucson High Society during their annual Symphony Debutante Ball. After graduating high school in 2005, Juliana headed to LA like a lot of other young women seeking the spotlight. She signed a contract with a talent agency and got a small part in a very low budget independent film called Kathy T. Gives Good Hoover. Her friend Genevieve Stewart claimed she was getting jobs to model products or being in music videos and stuff. On average, probably $3,000 per job and up. In 2007, Maxim Magazine featured the pretty brunette as one of its hometown hotties. Juliana's bio listed her first job as Hooters and her favorite sports team as the Arizona Wildcats. While attending casting calls and photo shoots, Juliana took classes at Santa Monica College and worked as a hostess at a Venice Bistro. In 2007, a filthy rich middle-aged man named Munir Ueda walked into the bistro and fell hard for the young girl. According to Adjuster.com, Ueda was born in Boston in 1966 to a Lebanese doctor who was finishing his training at a Massachusetts hospital. He and his family returned to Beirut, Lebanon, where Ueda grew up. After completing medical school there in the 90s, he returned to the U.S. By 2007, Ueda was an orthopedic surgeon with a stake in numerous real estate, healthcare, and banking businesses. He offered Juliana a plum job 
as an assistant in one of his medical clinics, which she did not hesitate to take. She must have felt like the luckiest girl in the world, especially when he gave her a brand new Range Rover. The two began dating and Juliana agreed to move into his lavish Beverly Hills home. She had no idea that he was married with three kids. Her friend Kelly Duncan told 48 Hours that the doctor was obsessed with Juliana and even talked about marriage. At one point, he offered to buy her a Lamborghini. Juliana ended up turning down the Lambo and moved into a small Santa Monica bungalow paid for by her father, Greg. But she kept in touch with Ueda. For her 21st birthday, he flew her and her friends out to Vegas on a private jet. They were partying it up when Greg called Juliana with some bad news. He had been investigating Ueda and found out about Mrs. Ueda and the kids back in Lebanon. According to 48 Hours, Juliana was furious at Ueda and dumped him right then and there. She and her friends got a separate hotel and flew back to LA the next day. But Ueda wasn't ready to let her go just yet. Kelly Duncan told detectives that the doctor would drive by Juliana's bungalow and show up to all the places she frequented. Since Juliana wanted nothing to do with him, Ueda tried to win over her father. He offered Greg a $400,000 pharmacist job at one of his clinics, a new house, and a Lambo. For Christmas, he flew him out to Vegas so they could watch the Mayweather fight. Even though Greg didn't want his daughter to date Ueda, he had no problem going into business with the guy. They were planning to launch a pharmaceutical business together. But in March 2008, Greg suddenly pulled out of the deal. He had discovered that his new buddy and potential business partner was not exactly an upstanding guy. Little did Greg know that he was dealing with a dangerous man who would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. On March 15, 2008, Juliana played golf and met with her pal Kelly Duncan for dinner. She returned alone to her place that evening. Throughout the night, she exchanged angry texts with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, John Gilmore, a surfer. The last time he heard from her was around 10 p.m. The next day, he claimed he went over to Juliana's and noticed a lit candle on the table when he looked through the window. That weekend, Juliana's mother, who lived in Arizona, was unable to reach her. Worried, she called Santa Monica police on March 16th and asked them to check on her. Officers arrived at Juliana's bungalow on Sentinella Avenue shortly after 6 p.m. They saw her car and heard her dog barking inside. There was no sign the door had been forced open. 
and the windows had bars on them. The strong smell of gas emanated from the bungalow. After knocking and receiving no response, officers broke in and called the fire department. They found Juliana dead in the bedroom, and it was apparent from her injuries that she fought for her life. Deputy District Attorney Alan Jackson said, this was a brutal, brutal fight. Fingernails were being broken. Juliana's head was being smashed into the floor. She had deep contusions on her skull. Her throat was crushed. In the living room, they found a lit candle on the coffee table. An officer later testified that he figured it had been burning for hours because so much of the wax had melted. In the kitchen, a bottle of household cleaner and a scrub brush lay on the counter. One of the burners on the gas stove had been turned all the way up. Clearly, this callous killer wanted to blow up the bungalow and did not care if other people on that block got hurt. Luckily, it was an old little house and the gas hadn't concentrated enough to cause an explosion. Juliana's next door neighbor told police that she heard screams and furniture moving at 9.53 p.m. Investigators found an abundance of DNA at the scene. DNA was on the door, on Juliana's phone, on the front and back of the t-shirt she had on, on a stove knob that had been turned on, and most importantly, around her neck. There was also DNA and a thumbprint on a plate in the kitchen sink. They also discovered that Juliana dialed 911 at 9.52 p.m., but the call was abruptly terminated by her killer. It is believed that she died shortly afterwards. Since there was no sign of a break-in, investigators believed that she let the killer in just before 10 p.m. While they processed all the evidence, detectives interviewed the people in Juliana's life beginning with John Gilmore. The two had been dating for almost two years and appeared to be a rocky relationship. Greg Redding disliked the young man and warned his daughter to stay away from him. He told detectives that John once kicked in Juliana's car door and tried to break into the apartment, something John did not deny. Yeah, we would yell, that time I kicked the door, I was pissed. I kicked it a couple of times, he later told detectives. But John was supposedly at a party when the murder was being committed. Actor Brian Van Holt was also on detectives' radar after traces of his saliva were found on Juliana's body. According to the LA Times, he was granted immunity by prosecutors in exchange for his testimony. He told the grand jury that he and Juliana had been in an intimate relationship and went out the night before she was killed. As for Ueda, he was supposedly out of the country when the murder took place. 
Investigators were surprised when the DNA evidence came in. It turns out that all that DNA belonged to a female. So they collected DNA samples from all the women Juliana knew, including Kelly Duncan. Kelly told the Arizona Daily, I loved Juliana and she will be in my heart forever. She was the most amazing, happy person I ever met. There is not a day that I don't think about her. Eventually, she and the other women were eliminated. It's only when investigators focused their attention on Juliana's sugar daddy, Ueda, that they found out about his mysterious associate, Kelly Sue Park. Not much is known about the Korean and Lithuanian real estate broker, except that Ueda rewarded her handsomely to do his bidding. In court docs, she claimed to be his real estate agent and financial assistant. According to prosecutors, she was Ueda's muscle. Apparently, he would send Kelly, who he nicknamed the female James Bond, to pressure people back into negotiations with him, like real estate agent Cindy Ogden. When her multi-million dollar deal with Ueda fell through, he sent Kelly to pay her a little visit. She presented herself like a thug, like she was an enforcer, Cindy told 48 Hours. It was like she was gonna come in and kick some ass. Detectives followed Kelly and picked up her discarded cigarette butts. Her DNA turned out to be a match. On June 18th, 2010, as Kelly and her boyfriend Ronnie Case were on their way to intimidate someone at Ueda's request, police arrested them for Juliana's murder. Ronnie was later released without charges. The day after Kelly's arrest, Ueda fled to Lebanon. Prosecutor Ellen Jackson called him a person of extreme interest, but he never charged him with anything. Kelly's bill was set at a whopping $3.5 million. Someone paid it, and I'm sure you can guess who it was. While out on bail, Kelly married a retired Oxnard cop named Tom Cronister. According to Assistant District Attorney Stacy Weiss, Kelly sought treatment at a hospital and tried to get her ankle monitoring bracelet removed. Meanwhile, the prosecution team worked on building a case against her. They alleged that Kelly and Ronnie Case strong-armed a man named Michael Miller into making payments on a $350,000 judgment in 2008. Michael got involved in a horse breeding deal with Ueda in the early 2000s. In 2008, Ueda sued him for $350,000 but Michael believed the lawsuit was fraudulent and refused to pay. That June, Michael received a little visit from Kelly. Somehow she got into his gated community without alerting security. Michael agreed to pay up the following day, but when he failed to do so, 
He received another visit two months later, but did not open the door. Prosecutors wrote, the above incident establishes the defendant's profession as Dr. Ueda's debt collector or muscle. At the time of her arrest, Kelly allegedly had a to-do list that included pressuring a bank manager. Prosecutors claimed that Kelly had committed other similar acts against victims, which featured threats, intimidation, and bullying for the purpose of assisting Ueda's business interests. But Kelly's attorney, George Bueller, contended that the DA's description of the two incidents was inaccurate and that they were unrelated to Juliana's case. He was able to convince LA Superior Court Judge Kathleen Kennedy not to admit evidence into trial of Kelly as an enforcer, which was a huge blow to the prosecution. Her murder trial began in May 2013 Prosecutors said that Juliana's murder happened days after Greg Redding pulled out of an arrangement with Ueda to manage a company called Golden State Pharmaceuticals that listed Kelly as owner. Apparently, Ueda wanted to develop some products, including a pain-killing cream. Stacey Weiss told the jury that Greg was concerned Ueda's business was not operating legally. He sent the doctor a letter backing out of the business deal on March 10th, 2008. Five days later, his daughter was brutally murdered. We theorized that Ueda sent Kelly and Ronnie to intimidate and threaten Juliana so that her father could go back into the deal. On March 15th, Kelly confronted Juliana at her home and killed the young girl with her bare hands in a fight. According to forensic pathologist who performed the autopsy, Juliana had contusions and cuts all over her body. She had burst capillaries in her eyes, which indicated that the killer had squeezed her throat until the blood stopped flowing. Bones in her neck were crushed and scratches under her chin were from her own fingernails as she fought desperately to break her attacker's deadly grip. Juliana's DNA was found under her own fingernails. Prosecutors alleged that after Kelly killed Juliana, she turned on the gas and lit the candle to cause an explosion that would destroy any evidence. Ellen Jackson later revealed that Kelly was paid $250,000 three weeks before the murder. In a period of 18 months after the murder, Ueda dropped $1 million into Kelly's personal account and had another $113,000 wired to her relatives through a South Korean bank a few days before her arrest. The prosecution called them payoffs, but Kelly's attorney, George Bueller, said that Kelly was just a successful businesswoman.
Bueller claimed that Kelly didn't even know Juliana, and there was no indication they ever crossed paths. There is no evidence that shows Kelly Park had any reason to commit this crime, Bueller told the jury. He cautioned them against putting too much faith in the forensic evidence, and said the prosecution couldn't provide an explanation for when or how the DNA arrived in Juliana's apartment. Five months before her death, Juliana was living in Ueda's Beverly Hills home. Supposedly, Kelly had been there a number of times. Bueller actually told the jury that Kelly's DNA was at the crime scene because Juliana might have packed some of her things, including the plate that had Kelly's blood and thumbprint. He also tried to convince the jury that the killer used a towel or some other cloth Kelly might have used to wipe down his print and put Kelly's DNA everywhere, including on Juliana's neck, t-shirt, phone, and stove knob. According to Nathan Lenz, a professor of forensic biology at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, we don't see a lot of secondary DNA transfers in coursework. He told 48 Hours, I would say that it's exceedingly unlikely that you can deposit DNA from a towel onto a surface while also removing DNA from that same surface without any mixture. Bueller concluded that the 5'10", 150-pound Kelly was just not strong enough to kill the 5'5", 110-pound Juliana with her bare hands. Looking at Kelly, it is hard to believe that she could be a lethal killer who went around intimidating people. She is a thin, middle-aged woman with long black hair and heavy bags under her eyes. But as you know, appearances can be deceiving. According to ABC News legal analyst Sonny Hostin, we have a stereotypical picture of what an enforcer looks like, and those enforcers are usually big, intimidating men. Because Park is so different, she would really catch her victim off guard, especially if she's really capable of violence. Bueller wanted to pin the murder on John Gilmore. John had a violent streak and was charged with assaulting another girlfriend, Melissa Ayala. Melissa claimed that he choked her more than once and threatened that he was going to make her feel what Juliana felt. But Judge Kathleen Kennedy would not allow Bueller to bring up John as a possible suspect because Melissa refused to answer questions during their pretrial hearing. Even if he is a violent guy, the fact is John's DNA was not found at the scene. Despite overwhelming DNA evidence, Kelly Sue Park was found not guilty of first degree and second degree murder in June 2013. Her acquittal outraged many people, including Juliana's family. They released a statement that said, we are deeply shocked and saddened 
by their verdict. We believe the evidence against the defendant is enormous and extensive. Justice has not been served. That same month, the California Medical Board canceled Ueda's medical license after he had been outside the state for nearly three years, even though he wasn't supposed to be. In 2009, the board had filed disciplinary action against Ueda, accusing him of negligence for allowing a physician assistant to perform surgery in his absence and dishonesty in falsifying documents. The board also accused Ueda of dishonesty for failure to pay for a $1 million CT scan he ordered and tried unsuccessfully to discharge in bankruptcy court. In October 2010, they placed him on probation for two years and required that he reside and practice in California. He was supposed to notify the board if he left the state or stopped practicing for more than 30 days. The order stated that Ueda's license would be automatically canceled if he was outside of California for two years. Ueda claimed that he traveled to Lebanon in June 2010 for a family matter and that he wasn't able to return to the U.S. because a religious court forced him to surrender his American and Lebanese passports. He tried to get his medical license reinstated and get the board to allow him to serve probation in Lebanon, but he was denied. In 2014, Kelly sued Santa Monica police detective Karen Thompson for violating her civil rights and right to a fair trial. She accused Detective Thompson of pressuring John Gilmore's girlfriend, Melissa Ayala, from testifying for the defense, which prevented them from bringing up John as a possible killer during trial. The following year, LA District Attorney Jackie Lacey charged Ueda and 14 of his associates with bilking insurance companies out of $150 million. It is one of California's biggest health fraud schemes. Apparently, Ueda deceived nearly two dozen patients into thinking that he was going to operate on them. Instead, he had his physician assistant do the operations, but the guy never even attended medical school. Prosecutors alleged all 21 patients sustained lasting scars and many required additional surgeries and suffered physical and psychological trauma as a result of their experience in Ueda's clinics. The scheme, which spanned more than a decade, involved paying attorneys and marketers up to $10,000 a month to illegally refer patients, including those with workers' comp claims, to two clinics Ueda owned. In one indictment, Ueda and nine others are charged with a single conspiracy count. 32 counts of insurance fraud, three counts of illegal client referrals, and 18 counts of aggravated mayhem, which involved disabling or disfiguring someone. Ueda and the physician assistant, Peter Nelson, 
were also charged with three additional aggravated mayhem counts. Former LA County District Attorney Steve Cooley referred to the scheme as non-traditional organized crime. It's not the Cosa Nostra. Instead, it is organized criminals who are smart enough to take advantage of society's weaknesses, he said. One of Ueda's co-conspirators was none other than Kelly Sue Park. Surprise, surprise. In September 2015, the 49-year-old was arrested for conspiracy to commit a crime. This time, her bail was set at an eye-watering $18.5 million, and she was held at a county jail. Her bail was later reduced to $10 million. In April 2016, Judge Kathleen Kennedy, who presided over Kelly's murder trial, reduced her bail to $1.6 million and dismissed 18 counts of aggravated mayhem against her and 10 other defendants. Someone bailed her out again. She was released from jail that month and had to surrender her passport. Kelly's attorney, George Bueller, was suspicious about the charges. He told CBS News, I don't think that she is guilty in this case. It can't help but occur to me that the district attorney's office may have an interest in making her suffer because she was acquitted. There may be some desire for payback. Prosecutors contended that in 2009, Ueda and other defendants, including Kelly, conspired to take over a distressed bank in order to facilitate the laundering of their criminal proceeds. Prosecutors accused Kelly of controlling fraudulent billing practices for Ueda's business scheme, placing her name on shell companies and bank accounts designed to hide Ueda's identity. They also alleged that she attended weekly meetings with Ueda and other associates to discuss hiding assets from creditors, insurance companies, and law enforcement. In addition, Prosecutors said that Kelly was actively investigating witnesses who were scheduled to testify against Ueda, and she conspired to create false documents to destroy their credibility. According to the district attorney's office, Ueda and Kelly's ex, Ronnie Case, became involved in an investment scheme designed to take control of the Ventura County Business Bank. Prosecutors said that when a manager tried to resign from the bank and withdraw his arrangement with Ueda, he became the target of intimidation by Kelly and Ronnie. In 2017, the prosecution asked Judge Kathleen Kennedy to dismiss the indictments in the interest of justice and then refile the cases. The newly refiled case against Kelly includes charges of aggravated mayhem, insurance fraud, and conspiracy to commit a crime. No further information is available about her case.
Ueda's whereabouts are unknown, but it is believed that he's hiding out in Lebanon. Patricia Redding told Arizona Daily in 2013 that she believed the stress from her daughter's murder caused her to get breast cancer. She died at her home on September 23, 2015. If you want to hear more in-depth true crime cases like this one, be sure to check out other episodes on the Mystery File Podcast. And don't forget to follow me.